You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong Smart Boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18 plus. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. In association with At The Races, welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. Thank you for downloading the show. I'm Emma Kennedy, trying to contain myself from laughing after Kevin has explained the winner's video uh the downfall video about me uh, i can only say congratulations that's a work of absolute genius and uh I- uh, just if you if you haven't listened to that podcast yet go on to his uh his twitter page at s g galley g a l l y one oh good god <laughs> i'll be having a good word with you at the cheltenham preview night on uh, on Monday, I've got a few people who are very interested to have a conversation with you with crowbars. If you're there on, if they, if you're there on Monday, you'll be having a very oh yeah, it's chat Tuesday. Oh god. Um, well, as the women in the video said, he's due his medicine soon. Uh, I'm Miss Kennedy, alongside at the races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. And we have also got the Irish Fields Roy Delargy. Hello. As we focus on the handicap chasers for Cheltenham, as Siri starts to update me with some information in the uh, middle of silencer phone, rudely interrupting. <laughs> so the ultimate chase is currently headed in the betting by Give Me a Copper, thirteen to two, Manila Rocco, really twelve to one, single farm payment, give it up, he'll never win it, sixteens, Mister Whittaker, sixteens, do it for me, sixteens, Mister Malarkey, sixteens, and Dingo Dollar. The hell happened with him the last day? Twenty to one. Uh, so we'll start with you, Rory Delargy. Um, Dunicus is in here as well. We should be mentioning too for a, a certain Gordon Elliott. What's your current thinking after the handicap weights came out for the ultimate? Was there something that you had a long range plan for, and are you now more confident, or have you gone off that particular selection? Uh, no, none of the above. Um, in short, um, it's an interesting race, but it's not one that um, it's not one that anything um, looked to me to to be a must bet at this stage. Um, our old friend Maldini's in there, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, warming up for the Grand National, no doubt. As I, did, is, I, uh, I, I did read an article a matter of days ago raising the possibility that he might go straight to entry. Yeah. Um, but plans can change with that crew. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I, I, I thought "Give Me a Copper" was a slightly was a slightly bizarre favourite. He's been yeah. well talked up by Paul Nichols, but he doesn't. You know, he doesn't have the profile at all, does he? Doesn't Paul Nichols have a horrendous record in this race? Um, he's got he's got worse records in other races, but yeah, he doesn't. It's, it's not like he's got. It's not like if Paul Nichols says, I've got an ultimate horse, you go rushing out to back it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not... Um, and that's the thing, he's, you know, he's, he's talked the horse up and we get this phenomenon at uh, media days all the time that, you know, a trainer says, oh, this'll, um, this thing's well handicapped. I'd fancy this. And rather than looking at it and going, oh, I'm not sure I like that that much, they just go, well, he wouldn't say it if we shouldn't be backing it. Um, so clearly, he's, he's unex- for, a, for a nine-year-old, he's unexposed, but um, I don't like his lack of experience at all in a race like this, um, and I'd not be um, I'd not be wasting an awful lot of time on him um, as it stands. 
Uh, I mentioned Barney Juan um, on the Hurdles podcast. He's obviously in here as well. I just think um, that uh, three miles is is uh, far enough. Um, uh, extended three miles is far enough for him. Um, what, I, what I'd be interested in if he does turn up, um, although he'd need a few to come out, but I'd be surprised if, if they don't. We, 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 this race tends to cut up because there are a lot of horses in the Kim Muir. There are a lot of horses in there who, who you know, by definition, if you're a reasonably talented three-mile chaser, you get an entry here. A lot of them don't turn up in the end. Um, and uh, the novice Nye McGinty um, would be reasonably interesting to me if he, he turned up here for Stuart Edmonds. He's having a very good season. He was one of my horses to follow at the start of the year, and there's nothing that he's done that would change my mind. He was um, he was a good second in the Reynolds Town last time out to Mr. Malarkey, uh, keeping on really well at the end. He, he looked beaten a long way from home, but kept running to the line. And... Um, uh, if they get if they get the rain they're expecting the week before uh, Cheltenham, and of course, you know, first day of the meeting is when we expect the ground to be riding at its at its softest. He'd be interesting enough, but there's nothing um, there's nothing I'm absolutely mad about in this race. Mm. I have to say, and it, you know, it doesn't um, yeah, the usual rules apply with with the handicap chases here. You you've got to have the the experience to make it count, but you've got to be you've got to be lightly raced enough that um, the handicapper. Um, hasn't hasn't found out how good you are. Discorama, another one who's in the race, who'd be interesting. We turned up, and he's got about he's got about six entries at the festival. Wherever he goes, he'd be interesting. I think and he I might have... go for the four miler, Rory. I I, that's the might... one race. That's the one race he wouldn't be interesting in. Oh, in I like him for it. Oh, I good man. Earlier today. I'm glad you said <laughs> okay. that. I mean, that's that's the race he's been talked up for. It's the race he's the shortest price for. It's the one that Paul Nolan has mentioned. But I, I, he's the kind of horse. Um, you know, he was he was he was a remarkable second in the Martin Pipe last year. Hmm. over two and a half in that they went an absolute crawl blow by blow was was gifted the race before halfway and Discorama came from further back than anything else to grab second um and you can look at that and go oh, he really needs a trip but it, he's he's got a genuine turn of foot you know he tends to come from well off the pace in his races but not because he gets outpaced as such he, he's just a horse who can actually who can quicken into it from off the pace and that's why i don't really want to see him at four miles i don't, I don't see him as needing it but he is a horse with a lot of talent his horse i've always liked and um, I backed him for a couple of. Uh, I backed him in the uh, in the RSA at 33s, non runner, no bet, because um, um, that's not, you know, that that could cut up a fair bit the RSA. Um, so yeah, and I know that Paul Nolan's talked about the about the, the four miler, um, but he's another who's interesting there, and, and a lot of those horses who are lightly raced and could go various other places, are interesting. Uh, I know you mentioned um, uh, Manella Rocco as a really. Um, but yeah, John Joe talked him up a little bit yesterday at the um, at the the media uh, day, um, and he's very you know handicappers dropped him very quickly. He's been very hard to train for John Joe, and John Joe was saying you know um, normally after after a race he comes home unsigned and it's just it's impossible to plan what to do with him because you'd want to run him and then run him three weeks later and um, that's never really possible. But both runs this season he's come home and he's been signed and they've been able to kick on with him. Uh, and although, you know, the form doesn't look terrific, um, he did catch the eye at Exeter last time out. He treated about five to four in running in a race he ended up finishing eighth or ninth in, the Potemps qualifier. Um, and there was a lot more life in that race than it, than it looked. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him bounce back. Although, again, the impression I get from John Joe was it's all working towards the Grand National. Mm. And the National's a race for him. And obviously, we know he stays. You know, he, he stayed on very well at the end of the Gold Cup a couple of years ago, and, and the longer trip will suit him. Uh, more than this will, but I wouldn't entirely, I wouldn't entirely rule him out, and I can see why there's been a bit of a bit of support for him. Although, again, by definition, the more column inches you get um, in terms of quotes pre um, pre meeting, the more you're going to be you're going to you're moving up in the market for no reason whatsoever. But it was just sort of worth mentioning that. Um, so yeah, that's um, I don't I don't have a, a particularly um, strong selection in the race. There are a couple of novices that I'd like to see in there who are probably not going to go for it. Um, but um, if they do, then I'd prick up my ears a little. Okay. I'm devastated by the fact that on Temport 2, who was in the betting for quite a while, is out. Oh. Yeah, that's a few, few bobs saved. That's a good result. He won the race twice in a row, Kevin. Twice in a row. Uh, it was only two years ago. 
Um, what a legend what an absolute legend for me back in the days when David Pipe could train winners at Cheltenham and, and we could we could celebrate um, but it's it's gone horribly wrong since and unfortunately the horse has gone wrong or is just not ready to run so that, that's, a, that's a shame um, which means Kevin Blake that I don't have a selection and uh, I'm waiting to copy the hard work of you and Rory I don't have any interest in backing a Paul Nichols horse because I'm pretty certain he's never won this race ever. and Can't possibly win it, so. And so the stats, boys, (laughs) uh, will tell you that he could not possibly win. But the one that does interest me, but I just, I don't know where they're going to go or whether they'd be willing to go down this route. 2A per me. Could he possibly run in this race, Kevin? I don't know which way they're going with him now. Um, Because, you know, he... (laughs) He could do a number of different jobs, couldn't he? Yeah. Um, he, he's be, he's been very impressive since he's gone to, uh, since he's gone to Noel. Um, like he, he's short as price for this. He'll have plenty of weight. Oh, it's yeah, it's a slightly tricky one. I'd rather you'd rather see him over this type of trip than uh, the mid-range trip. I think. Well, I'd be happier to I, see him he, here than the Reiner. Yeah, he seemed very well suited by the longer trip when he won the Tritown. And um, he overcame the mid-range trip at Thurless last time. But I think that, I know he made a bad mistake that left him with a little bit to do. But um, I, th- I think that he was finding that trip sharp enough. And, you know, Thurless is a, is a speed track and the ground was quick. But, yeah, I just think, he, I just get the impression he'd be happier at around three miles than, than around two and a half. So I'll be interested to see what they do. But, you know, Gigginstown have plenty of options here, so... Um, we'll wait and see. This this is a race that hasn't really engaged me yet. There's a few in here that I like, but I suspect they're more likely to run in different races. So we'll get to them in due course. But I wouldn't be pinpointing one for this race right now. Okay, so there's nothing really then on, on your shortlist right now, Kev. No, not at the minute. Okay, uh, in which case we will move swiftly along to the other handicap chase of day one, which is the Close Brothers Novices Handicap Chase. Um, the betting is currently hit uh, headed by Clondaw Castle, followed by Tower Bridge at 12 to 1. They're both that price. So is Campiador at 12s. Will Campiador ever win a big race at Cheltenham? Uh, a Plutar at 12s. Uh, Riders in the Storm, 14s. Move at the Times. Oh, Harry Derham, you cost us a fortune last year. 14s. Any second now? They're trying to land a big one with them. 16s. Uh, Roaring Bull, 16s. The market here is very wide open Rory uh, and it's clearly difficult for bookmakers to get a, a grip on who's going to run and how to establish it so is something really setting you light because any second now was the big talking horse last year for this race um, before he, he went off a 5-1 to one shot and he just he looks like a horse who could do it but I don't know if he could be trusted. Um, yeah, this is this is a a horribly difficult race as well. The one thing you know about it is is you get a fair idea of guessing the makeup of the field at this stage. Um, uh, some of these have, have alternate entries, but uh, the nature of the race, you know what the top weight is going to be. You know what the um, what the scale of the weight is going to be roughly. Um, but it's not a I think it's a very hard race to plot horses up for, by definition. I mean, we obviously we had a bit of a plot last year. There always tends to be one, but um, I think sometimes it just pays to to um, to look beyond that a little bit more and just just dig through the old form book. It's a remarkably good guide, um, oh. and <laughs> that's no fun, is it? Nobody wants to be looking through no. the phone book. You want the, <laughs> just, you want the plot. Just give me the thing that's working well. <laughs> we want the trends. We want the stats. We want the, the rumoured, the, the gamble, the bridal job with bells on, the horse that's catching yeah. pigeons on the gallops. That's what we want. I see Squatters change table. No, oh God. He's, oh. he's drew one, isn't he? Duck. Don't even. No. He's banned from being mentioned on the show. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what you get when you want the... Uh, when you want the plot horse, and you get told to squatter all the bleeding time. <laughs> this is so, the plan, lads. One of these days, the plan was always to move him from Gordon eventually, and then, then we'll strike. I, 
I don't know. But I, I, I don't know what other options he has. And obviously, he's run over an entirely different trip um, last time out. And in saying I don't know what options he has, he didn't know other options at Cheltenham. I uh, and he will definitely. I think he's almost certain to run here, and he's probably going to get in. Um, but I think a well-run race at this trip will actually suit my old friend Solomon Grundy. Aye, aye. For Henry. Um, he, he ran really well in the, in the, the Grand National Trial at, um, at Punchestown last time. I, I didn't think he really got home there. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a particularly strongly run race. But again, he travelled really well. He's, um, he's, he's jumped better since um, going to Henry. So a little bit of work to do there. Um, but he's just looked a little bit more the finished article. There's an awful lot of um, experience for a novice, um, but um, he's he's uh, he struck me for a long time as the type uh, to go well in a big field handicap um, at the festival. He, he was balloted out last year, ran at Kempton um, instead. But I think he's interesting. He's number thirty-one on the list, and I'd hope he'd get in. You don't get that many horses coming out of this, so there's a there's a chance he'll miss out. Um, but he's um, he's more interesting than most for me. I think the idea, you know, we're always looking for horses just have the three runs over fences to get qualified for this. I'm just not I'm not a big fan of of um, of trying to find horses using that um, uh, that methodology. Um, and Solomon Grundy is is more interesting than most for me. Um, various others. There's um, Philip Hobbs has got one called Springtime Lake, um, who's been a little disappointing. Um, since winning at Sandown in November, but if he was back to that form, he'd, he'd be interesting. And sometimes with um, uh, with these handicappers, you you need you need a little bit of um, of wiggle room. And the fact that um, I think the stable's been pretty quiet, um, which hasn't seen him kick on. I think he'd be interesting back to that form. The worry with me is that he's, he he made the running, and he does want to make the running in his races, and it's not an easy thing to do in a race like this. He's vaguely on my on my. Um, uh, on my radar for the ra- for the race, but I'm just going to stick with the one and stick with old Solomon Grundy. Okay, he's up to thirty in the list, so that increases his chances of uh, of getting in. And of course, he's got form with the mighty. The name escapes me, which brings me nicely along to the name escapes me, Kev. He's number twenty nine in the list. Uh, he's won twice this year, so finally the long term plot came off. <laughs> Um, over fences, would he interest you, or are you looking elsewhere as well? Ah, uh, he wouldn't be the one for me now. The handicapper was hard enough on him now. He got a, a seven pound higher mark than he has in Ireland, both over hurdles and fences for his, his Cheltenham Festival entries. Um, he he's not the most convincing chaser now. I know he won a good handicap off a you know a stone lower than than his hurdle mark at Navin there earlier this season, but. He, I, I just don't know if he'd be one that would thrive in a Cheltenham Festival handicap now where they're really, you know, really close quarters. Room is, is at a premium. I don't know if that would be his bag. But, um, yeah, he, just, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be my cup of tea for this race. Okay. But there's a few there's a few in here that are interesting. I'll start off with Speaker Connolly, who is one, one lower or two lower, sorry, than Sol- Solomon Grundy. So wouldn't be certain to get in. But he's definitely interesting. If he can get his jumping together, he's a very well-handicapped horse, I think. Um, he, he didn't pull up any trees now in his first couple of runs over fences, but when he went into handicap company, whoosh, away he went, um, overcame some sloppy jumping to win at Leopardstown's Christmas meeting and won very well, went up 11 pounds and then ran in, in what looks a, a very good handicap at Leopardstown, the, the two-mile-five handicap there at the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, again, his jumping just wasn't perfect, but he, he ran on very nicely to finish third. And at the fourth, Cadmium has come out and won a, a grade three since. And um, even though I don't think he necessarily advanced his form to do so, but it's no harm. And Speaker Connolly, he's been given a fair old whack by the handicapper, seven pounds, but he'd need every one of them to give, him, to give himself a chance to get in. Um I wasn't at this race that Tully East won back yes. in back in the day. Yes, it was. So, so the connections have previous in this race, and I just wouldn't be surprised now if they went into his last run with half an eye on this. Um, but so uh, his jump is the thing. If his jumping holds up, I think he he's definitely well handicapped and, and a well run race will suit him. 
So he was one that I thought was interesting. Um, I know Jamie Lynch, who uh, was on Sky Sports Racing earlier, talking about the handicaps and he, a horse he gave a big highlight to, and it's definitely worth chatting about, is Riders on the Storm. Uh, Tom Taff, again, unexposed under both codes, really, but um, third run over fences last time, beat Impact Factor at Punchestown. He looks a pacey enough horse to me now. He, he seems to stay... Um, a mid-range trip, but he didn't look lacking in pace now, winning around two miles at um, Punchestown last time. And um, I think the handicapper was fair to him. He definitely could have been harder. I think his Irish mark is 139, and the, the British handicapper gave him 140, so it definitely could have been worse. Um, and in fact, he would have been... Uh, if he got some of the treatment and some other entries for this race, Scott, he wouldn't have been in it, in it at all. Uh, Whisper in the Breeze is one we spoke about on Sky Sports Racing earlier. Um, rated 139 in Ireland. And um, he, he's been expunged. They gave him a mark of, of seven pounds or more. So he, he's knocked out of this and knocked out of the Kim Muir. And he would have been a leading fancy for, for either or if, if he ran it. Um, having won that valuable race at Leopardstown. So I'm sure that'll be a frustration for his connections. But um, especially Speaker Connolly, who finished third, comes out and wins this. Um, that that'll really sicken him. But uh, but but there you go, as the man says. Um, give a quick mention the Tower Bridge here for Joseph. He's got a mark of one forty one, and he, I see he's gone quite prominent in the market. Um, there'll be an, an assumption that he's a bit of a wise guy horse here again. But you know what I'd say is while you know. He t- his last run was his first school run over fences. Jeez, he'd been disappointing before that. Mm. And, you know, people will make their own assumptions, but he was just disappointing. And um, a mark of 141 now wouldn't look, wouldn't make him look thrown in now compared to his hurdle form. And uh, he was well tried at the highest level over hurdles. And he happened across the, one of the weakest grade ones that'll ever be run in Ireland, let's say, when he won at the Dublin Race Festival last year. He managed to break his maiden in that, but um, was... I think we got a good idea of his level in, in his two starts um, at Cheltenham and at Aintree. So 141 now wouldn't have me getting super excited. He might want a bit further than this as well. Um, so he wouldn't have been on my long list really, to be honest, but I, I'd love to be wrong. Uh, he ran well in the potato race for for a long way, and that, that was a real war of attrition. But I, I suppose a lot of people are looking at the Santini form and saying, oh, well, he's favourite for the RSA, therefore... Tower Bridge has got a huge chance in this but as you said his jumping was just horrible early on and he did get thumped by Duke de Genevra uh, last time out as well so uh, yeah well I wouldn't even say it was his jumping like he was a, he's a he was a bit chancy mm. like he kind of he kind of threw himself at a fence and he was getting away with it in the main but he just was disappointed he just wasn't showing a level um, like he was over hurdles uh, for whatever reason he seemed to come back to life last time. It was a funny sort of a run because he was jumped off handy and uh, and Duke de Geneva kind of stomped on him and, and then he kind of kept galloping away, like very much suggesting that a longer trip would suit, to be fair. So he's not going to get that in the, in the novice's handicap chase. I don't, uh, yeah, look, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be high up on my list, to be brutally honest. But again, I, I'm, I can and often am wrong. So finally, Kev, what would your selection for the race be right now? Um, right now, it's probably Speaker Connolly. He's a chancy one, but uh, but he'd be the one at the minute. He'd be a chancy one to get into the race, and he'd be a chancy enough one if he gets in just because he's a horse that he really needs to get into a rhythm with his jumping or else he's in big trouble. Um, so uh, I'd, I'd go with him in the hope that he gets in and that he can you know, be nice and fluent over the first few and, uh, and get his jumping uh, into a good rhythm. Okay, and Connections, as you said, won this race with Tully East. Right, we're off to... The Thursday, the Brown Advisory Plate and Maribella Stakes. Um, Siru Deluxe, let's go with that. 10 to 1 favorite. <laughs> River Wild, 16 to 1. Happy Diva, 16s. Magic State, 20s. Leprasian, 20s. The Russian Doyen, 20s as well. So, Rory, once again, my friend, we'll start with you. Um, your shortlist for this race. Massive again in terms of shortlist. This is a race that throws up loads of loads of shock results, um, and I make the the point every year when talking about it that um, getting into an early rhythm is is more important in this race than than most others. Um, I mentioned one from the novices handicap that I'd be slightly put off by the fact that um, it needs to make the running, and that would be a negative 
um, on the uh, on the first day, um, but um, um, not so not so here. Um, and uh, that horse is uh, Springtime Lake. I'd rather see him in this race. Um, he'd be number forty-four on the list. Um, but if you if you watch this race back over the years, it's just very hard to make ground make ground from off the pace. Um, the, the winners of this tend to be handy before halfway. Um, in a big field, there's not there's not some uh, there's not really an awful lot of room to um, uh, to improve your position at crucial points in the race, um, and that's. Um, uh, that that is probably why you get the shock results. Horses who get out in front and get in a rhythm um, are at a massive advantage. It doesn't doesn't necessarily matter how well handicapped they are, um, as long as they're able to keep up the gallop. Um, so it's not a race to be. I, I never think it's a race to find one that's plotted up. And um, although you get the occasional one, the storyteller was was punted off the boards last year. Um, but prior to that, you you know you, you've had uh, Darna winning at thirty three to one, always in the van that day. Um, to give Kimberly a rare um, festival winner these days. Uh, Carrie Boy was 50s. Homewood legend always on the front end at 25, something well as 33s. Mr. McGoldry, of course, you know, he was on the downgrade one. This is 66 to 1. Mm. Uh, again, making virtually all the running. Um, so I don't really want to be looking for a short priced horse. I want a horse that's, um, that I think is going to be able to be in the van. The problem with looking at that anti post is you get so many potential front runners. You don't know who's going to run and who's not going to run. Sarah Delac will be going from the front. He's been a revelation this year. He had half a season last year as a novice, um, and he's carried on his improvement. Obviously, he was really game um, in beating Janika over course and distance um, last time out. Um, actually, I, I imagine the fact that the handicappers raised him seven pounds for that and raised the runner up six pounds might just do for the chances of winning this. Um, but again, it's the right kind of it's the right kind of style to have. Um, yeah, Springtime Lake is on would be on my short list at around twenty five to one. Um, but again, there's there isn't um, there isn't one in here that I that I think is um, is a tremendous bet at the prices as it stands. Um, and I'm liable. I, I'm going to have a much better look at this when when we're down to manageable numbers. Um, but as it stands at the moment. I don't really want to mention Calandra, who's a horse I fancied last year at the, at the festival. He would have been top weight in the novices' handicap, um, and he's caught my eye several times. But his jumping has been um, a real issue. I, I fancied him for the um, uh, for the Bet Victor Gold Cup. He unseated his rider and still travelling well enough. Um, but then his jumping was was um, terrible at Haydock. In fairness, that was when the Haydock fences were deemed to be too big and too stiff. But he looked like he lost his entire confidence there. He's a horse I I would you know I've always wanted for a uh, for a big handicap. But I, I'd have worries now about his jumping and also about his style of running in this race. Having said you you really want to be handy in this, he's a hold up horse as a rule, um, and a hold up horse with jumping frailties in a race like this is a is a bad thing. So I'm I'm, I'm simply going to leave it as I said at the moment with um, Springtown Lake as an interesting outsider. There will be other horses that will interest me nearer the time. Um, and it's um, it's one of those that I want to see the makeup of the field and work out how, how it's going to play out before I get heavily involved in it. Okay, so Springtown, Springtown Lake is widely available at 25s. Can I just ask you about one horse in particular? Jerry's back. Who, yes. Who was second to vindication and then a disappointing favourite last time out. Yeah, we like, um, we like Jerry's back, don't we? Mm. Um, he was um, particularly eye-catching when making a... Um, I was going to say winning the debut of events. Yeah, I mean his debut at, at Cheltenham, but he won at Bangor in a second start, despite the fact that he went off at fifty to one. He absolutely hacked up that day. Um, but um, I think he rather surprised connections with how well he did that. And um, although you say he was disappointed in the Haydock last time, I think you know, um, Castafiori surprised them all that day. And she's got entries as well. I mean, we haven't mentioned her in, in, in some of the uh, these races, but you know, she she sprung a shock there, twenty eight to one. But um, there wasn't much of a fluke about it. She beat Jerry's back and Crucial Rule. Now, Crucial Rule won his previous start very impressively. Won his next start very impressively. So that form is beginning to look pretty strong. Um, and it wouldn't put me off Jerry's back. Jerry's back's. What would worry me with him is is, is sort of his a little bit his lack of experience overall. Um, but he's running. He's running in a couple of competitive races this season, and he's clearly got a hell of a lot of talent. So I, I would not be putting you off him at all. 
Um, but again, if we're going to mention um, Jerry's back, you've got to mention Castafiore as well, and that you know people will will pretty much write her off. Um, but she's um, she's got entries as well, and and she's worth um, keeping an eye on. Of course, in a couple of years' time, she'd be running in the Mayor's Novice Chase, wouldn't she? Yeah. Once we get that, but it's not going yeah. to happen. She's in the she's in the um, the JLT, which is also in the the Novices Handicap. We didn't mention her in that. She's not in this race, interestingly. Uh, but she is in the novice's handicap, and she's she's not without chances in that. The mayor's <laughs> handicap chase that, of course, we all desperately want at Cheltenham. Dear God. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, I just I think he's he's interesting. Jerry's back, and I, I I'm not saying that I'd back him, but I definitely have him on the short list because we we really like vindication. And while he disappointed the last day, I'd be willing to forgive him that. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I know we're not we're not on that subject at the moment. I think vindication yeah. has has become a horse that everyone's forgotten about very quickly. Yeah, um, there's an, also an assumption that he won't handle Cheltenham, but um, Kimberly doesn't run horses at Cheltenham unless he, you know, he given this his local track, he doesn't run them there willy nilly at all. So if he decides to give vindication a chance in, in I don't know whether it, whether he he favours the JLT or the RSA at this stage. He's an interesting outsider. Definitely, definitely. He, he's he's a horse <laughs> that we will definitely be talking about uh, at the Cheltenham preview night and on the daily podcast as well. Um, Kevin, it's it's been a race. Rory's already alluded to this in terms of the running style and, and how horses front run. You'll, you'll remember Salou Flo landing that massive gamble at nine to two and going out and making all. But um, same kind of for Bally Negror. Uh, Empire of Dirt was really good in this, but you're looking at 33 to 1, 18 to 1, 25 to 1, 92 favourite, 50 to 1, 12 to 1, 33 to 1, 16 to 1, 14 to 1, 5 to 1 favourite last year. You're looking for big prices in this race. Um, ah, yeah, look, and Rory makes a great point about the, the run of this race. He, he's been making it for a few years now, and it seems to stand up very well every year. And uh, look, the one I like without having a super strong view in the race is Janika, who is quite prominent in the market, but um, he's been a, a small bit unlucky in both his starts, I thought. Um, at, he, he, he big reputation coming from, uh, he came from Guy Charel's. He hasn't got a mention for a couple of weeks, so there we get Guy in there. <laughs> Guy Charel. So he was one of the horses that had to be dispersed from Guy Charel. Well, yeah, he, he ended up joining, I don't know, maybe... Um, actually, no. Simon Medea owned him all along, I think. So he okay. just switched. Okay. Um, he just switched, but he, he had a big reputation. There was big talk about him before he started off for Nicky at Ascot there, just before Christmas, and um, and he should have won. He should have won. It was a funny race. Um, Hell's Kitchen, who was a bit of a lunatic, um, ran off with Barry Garrity, and um, it created a real tricky problem for those in behind. Uh, do you go after him and pretend risk uh, using up all your 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 diesel tank to, to make up that ground or do you wait and hope that the runaway comes back to you uh, they waited and Hell's Kitchen didn't come back and he won and Janika pulled a mile clear of the rest um, should have won that day really I think Daryl Jacob would be the first to, to say that himself and then he went to Cheltenham then for compensation and that uh, was beaten by Cyril Delac but I thought it was a run with loads of promise to be honest I, I, I was working that day at Cheltenham and my view was he'll win this and he'll go and run in the, in the Ryanair um, I think he's he's a good horse, and uh, he was just touched off by by Sarah Delac, and it's just interesting the way they've approached Janika because when he was winning in France, um, he was making the running, and um, and winning doing that, and the two times they they've had him here, they've ridden him much quieter, like they they dropped him in the last day, and he's a free goer, and he was just fighting a battle there, Daryl all the way, and Daryl ended up having to make his headway wide enough. And look, he's got there at every chance, and it's it's a funny one. You, you look really closely at that. There were some great close-up shots on the day, and he, he's engaged in a fair battle with Cyril Delac. But up the halfway up the run in, he's kind of pricking one ear. Like you just wonder, like is he concentrating? Is the kind of the the big, um, the big uh, alpha theater, I suppose, if you want to put it that way. That is the run in at Cheltenham. They just kind of catch him unawares. I don't know. It was a funny one. But I'd love to see them ride this horse much more positively. Um, for, not, not just because that type of ride is suited to the race, but I just think it would suit the horse. Uh, I, I'd love to see them do that. Ride him nice and handy. Don't get in a fight with him and, and see what happens. I think this trip suits him really well. He's proven himself around Cheltenham now. And um, look, he, he's got a task on here of 156, but to be honest, going into his last run, I thought he, he was well on his way to developing into a grade one horse. So 
Um, the hope would be that he could go if he if he runs here, he might still run in the Ryanair. But uh, I think he'd probably have a, a better winning chance here. And I just I just love to see him switch tactics because I think it would suit him well. Well, I wonder why they did hold him up because in his Guicherel days, and uh, it's interesting that he wasn't gelded until the 18th of October, unless for some reason that information wasn't there. But he was making all when he won at yeah. uh, Otoy on his previous two starts, and at Pau he he made all. Pau, Pau, whatever. Po, po, po. <laughs> Actually, somebody had had sent that in as um, for a competition to join us in the night. They wanted to be in the audience so they could go. Po 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 po. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't win, but. Um, and made Amazon as we're recording. But yeah, it's just a bit odd that they changed tactics with him. And I yeah, would I'd imagine... imagine he's a, I'd imagine he's a real free goer and they just decided to try and make him do the right thing with a view to stepping up and trip. But yeah, it, it wasn't really, it wasn't really, hasn't really worked. No. You know, I think, I think a return to more positive tactics over this sort of trip might just show him the best effect. You've kind of sold me on this, Kev. He's a general 12 to 1 shot. There is one firm going 20s. Does it not make sense that this is the race you'd go for with him as opposed to tilting at a very high level in the Ryanair? Um, like I think they seem to have that sort of regard for him. But yeah, I I think you'd have a good chance here. Now, especially if they ride him that way. I yeah. think you'd have a super chance here. Yeah, if Daryl goes off and, and rides him very handy, like try and make all. God, he could be a really interesting horse. Um, I, uh, that 20s punished them. Punish them. Um, look, it's not running. I think that'll. I think that'll be the farm that's not going on or no bet. Um, our, well, let's just say it. Our bet fair not running no bet. I don't think they are. Oh, you they, swines! They, weren't, they, weren't they, they, they don't. They don't appear to be. You know. You swines! It's no wonder you're that price. <laughs> so, yeah. Here, I'm noticing something about the Kim Yor betting. Whisper in the Breeze is priced up by three firms. One of them, Betfair. Get him out of the market. He can't run. He God. is illegible. I, I think if, you, if you've backed him since the weights have come out, lads, uh, get, get in touch with your bookmaker. You're, yeah, you you're your, fully, you you're fully entitled to a refund. You there, are even fully. Maybe, maybe Betfair know that, um, that uh, they're going to um, go to the Handicap Referrals Committee. The final furlong podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive final furlong smart boosts on at the races.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18. Plus. Any second now. Oh, here we That'll go. Show here we go again. <laughs> uh, he is currently heading the betting for the Kim Muir. Uh, with, with Whisper in the Breeze ineligible. Uh, he's as short as 8-1 to one with some firms. You can get 16s. Uh, blow by Blow is also in here. Take him out. He's not eligible. Come on. It's all guesswork. 10-1. to one. Measure of My Dreams, 10-1. to one. Now McGinty, 16s. Impulsive Star, 16s. The name escapes me. The legendary Blake Horse, 16-1 to one as well. Uh, so, Rory, the Kim Yor, it's very important to have the right kind of jockey. In this race, we've talked about that several times before. Who is currently interesting you in the market? Um, there are um, <coughs> one or two that you mentioned there that uh, that spring to mind. Let me let me roll through my fields. Um, I mentioned Nye McGinty um, for the Ultima. Um, he's obviously in this, and I think the longer trip would probably probably suit him there as well. Um, and uh, I'd certainly I wouldn't mind having him on my side. Um, as I said, he's he's a horse that I that I've always liked. Uh, he's a full brother to Idlander, and uh, from that very good line, uh, unexposed, a novice, but um, he'll um, he won't be disgraced. I'd certainly have him on the uh, on the shortlist. Can't find him on the list. I'm looking up. You're caught, you're uh, reading him out there, so he must be right. There's one. There's one very odd one. I've got to give this a mention just because um, it's really come out of left field. Um, Kill Film Cross, a horse that no one would have known anything about. Um, only a week or so ago, and would not have been on anyone's list for Cheltenham. This was a horse who was trained by Chris Kellett. 
um, I think owned by the Chris Kellett's colors as well, Blythe Stables. Um, but he he made his debut for Henry Oliver at Ludlow last week in an amateur riders chase, oh, in which you got the norm, the, the usual array of amateur riders. Derek O'Connor, yeah, was drafted in to ride him, and he was punted off the boards into six. So he's only won by a neck in the end. Um, but that probably gets him in the race. Um, and I, I believe that Derek O'Connor rode him when he won his um, uh, when he won his point. Mm. And I thought that was a a, a very strange um, sort of shift of stables. I can indeed confirm that he he was second on him on his second start in a point to point and with Derek on board and then Derek won on him on his next start in a point to point he, th- yeah. he then went to Seamus Durak uh, to Warren Greatrix from Warren Greatrix to Kim Bailey uh, then to Christopher Kellis and now with Henry Oliver so he's bounced around yeah. a little bit when he was with Chris Kellett he was ridden by Henry Oliver's stable jockey on both mm. his starts when he was soundly beaten um, which got him a, a, a mark of one three two. He then mm. turns out for Henry Oliver and wins off that mark of one three two in order to get him up the weights um, to, to potentially get into the Kim Muir. I actually thought that was a, a very interesting-looking piece of chicanery. Um, and um, he's 29 on the list. You have to say, that, that surely gets him in. Oh, he'll get it. Uh, and he's 25 to 1. And that's, you know... As I said, he wouldn't have been on the list. He looked promising over hurdles for Kim Bailey as well. But then, you know, you had the first two runs over fences. A, you got this change of stable. He went to Chris Kellett. He, he started, he won his final start last spring um, in, a, in a decent novice hurdle at Kempton. He was made 15 to 8 favourite. He then makes his debut over fences in a beginner's chase at Utoxeter. And what price is he? Six to four. Oh, you talked no, to her. Sorry, 50s. 50 to 1 because, oh, he's moved from Kim Bailey to Chris Kellett. That's not good, is it? I mean, Chris, how many winners has Chris Kellett had in the last five seasons? I'm, I'm just trying to get to the I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this here because yeah. this horse is owned by, by Chris Stables. Yeah. Yeah, and you go into the website. Now, I know nothing about the setup now, but Chris Kellett is the trainer for Blythe Stables. Yes. So, those, those are Chris Kellett's colours, yeah. Right. So, yeah. so has, he in, has he given in his licence? Uh, no, he, he's had a winner. He, oddly enough, he's actually had a winner in the flat recently. He's, he, he's, a, he's had a horse sprung a massive shock at, on, on the old weather um, a few weeks ago, and then actually the same horse won again. Uh, whereas, you know, Chris um, would not, you know, he, he would not be associated with um, with big winning runs. Let's put it that way. It's a funny one, isn't it? You wonder yeah. why, why that's going on. This is re- This is fascinating, Rory. This is a really, really interesting thing that you're bringing to our attention. It's certainly, it is certainly one of the more intriguing aspects of all the handicaps at Cheltenham. Um, I had not noticed a new one about Worcestershire relative to, to Lanc- um, Lancashire, Rory. I'm not very Lancashire. good at my. I'm not very good at my English geography. I'm just uh, seeing Wist- where Chris Wist- Worcestershire is north of Cheltenham. Okay, so that's that's where Henry Oliver is based. Yeah, they wouldn't be and, far apart. They wouldn't okay, be far. Okay, okay. So okay. Henry Oliver is kind of. Henry Oliver is sort of, you know, the Oliver family have always been based around Herefordshire, Herefordshire, Worcestershire, um, that sort of border. Uh, oh, and Chris, cool. Chris Kellett's any more Midlands-ish. It's um, a funny one. But, yeah. But yes, it's a strange one. I'd be interested to see what colours this horse actually carries mm. on the day. Because, you know, if you were Derek O'Connor and you had a phone call from Chris Kellett saying, oh, yeah, this uh, this horse of mine, uh, he's running in, a, uh, in an amateur riders race. I wonder if you'd be interested in riding him. It's like he's been tailed off from both starts. <laughs> I'm inclined to say no to that unless I know even if you didn't know the horse from before that the, the fact that that um, Derek came over to ride it suggests that this is this has been a long term plan um, and by all means you know if you think that if you think that um, the handicapper is going to view you differently depending on who you're trained by you mentioned in your piece today Kevin about um, the, the differential even in how Gordon Elliott horses are handicapped by the British handicapper compared to Willie Mullins horses yeah. And then everybody else. What view are you going to take of, of, of Chris Kellett? You're not going to think twice about. It. You look at this horse, and he's been he's been well beaten in his first two starts over fences. You don't think could this be a plot somewhere down the line? You go, you know, he's moved he's moved to Chris Kellett. Maybe he's had problems. 
Um, you know, there's not a huge amount of money involved. Uh, and you just take the runs at face value and you knock the horse down in the in the weights. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a slight change like this. And it makes him look very interesting. And there's clearly more to come from him. Um, you know, you, it's hard to weigh his form up, but he's thoroughly unexposed. Um, he's a front runner as well. We've seen horses make all the running in this in the past. Two, two, the last two winners, I think, have made all the running, haven't they? Yeah. Missed approach in Doomsday Book. Yeah. Um, and Doomsday Book was a massive, one of the biggest shocks you'll, you'll see here. 40 to 1 poke for Stuart Evans and, and uh, Gina Andrews two years ago. But yeah, if you get into a rhythm um, over this uh, course and distance in the Kim Muir, you can be hard to peg back. So he, he seems to have a few things going for him. Mm. This is proper interesting. I'm like, like I'm getting to the point here where I'm thinking this horse is going to spiral from twenties, and to be honest about it, I'm going to be completely honest about it. I'm doing a bet right now, <laughs> right this second. I'm doing a bet. I'll tell you exactly uh, what I'm doing. I'm doing a lucky sixty-three on oh, on Kilfirm Cross, whiskey sour for the Carl That's Cup. Sir Eric for the Triumph Hurdle, Paisley Park for the Stairs, Janinka for the Brown Advisory and Maryville Stable Plate, and Bells Hill wins the Gold Cup, and I'll tell you what it pays, €710,370.20. I'll see you in Dubai. <laughs> um, can I just give you uh, Chris Kellett's stats over... It's, it starts actually quite well in the last four nights. He's had two winners on the, on the All-Weather, as I said. Um, in the last five full seasons, so you know five and a half seasons until now, over jumps he's had one winner from 102 runners. Oh lord! So again, I'm not I'm not having I'm not having a dig at Chris Kellett here. No, sounds but like you're having um, a massive dig. I'm, I'm merely that sounds like you're saying he's rubbish. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> he got, Chris Kellett does not have does not have any any. Um, decent horses in his yard fundamentally that's 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 been the biggest problem well i think, I think the thing is that he has had a decent horse in his yard he had some success years ago he had a guy in his yard who's a big leicester city fan who won the lottery and bought a load of horses who run in leicester city colors um and they have names like is it muzzy and muzzy <laughs> and things like that um, and uh, I suspect, I suspect there's, you know, the, the, a fair amount of money became available for facilities and stuff there. But just, you know, Chris has not been able to attract uh, the horses. He hasn't, you know, he's not. We're not looking a huge number. When you think about 102 runners and no winners, you're looking at, you know, uh, only six runners this season, which I was only 14 runners the previous season. So you're just looking at two or three horses really, and moderate horses. But by definition, if you see a horse has gone to Chris Kellett, you don't go. This will be winning the Gold Cup next season. Then trainer you, uplift. You, you assume yeah. you assume that you know for a horse to end up with a trainer who struggles to get good horses that there must be a problem with the horse and he's got it cheaply. Um, and if the handicapper is fooled by that kind of thing as well and, and giving horse a lenient mark, um, then it's an interesting ploy. So here's one for you: Do you think that Derek O'Connor, having ridden him in his point to point and having ridden him to victory for Henry Oliver, will ride him in the Kim Muir? Um, it depends whether you think Ludlow was the um, was the job itself, or whether yeah. Kim Muir has always been the uh, the target. Um, it has to be an interesting one. It has you'd, to be, be. you'd be you'd be amazed if he rolled on us, really. No, he, he he will have other options, but you know, uh, I think it would look it look very interesting if his name appears. I mean, you know damn well that he won't be twenty five to one. With yeah. uh, Mr. D O'Connor next to him in the in the card, but yes, yeah, so there'll be other options for um, for Derek and horses that he'd be associated with at home as well. So yeah. uh, that seems unlikely, but it still looks very interesting. He's gone into the bet like that's just it's 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 too interesting. And and the thing is that sometimes you can you can look at something like this and it can become like an Alex Jones conspiracy, and you can lose your mind. But this is really really interesting. This is this is some. We better move on. We've given him about fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the reason it's been fifteen minutes is because it's so interesting. I think I think we'll leave the race with that. That's it. He wins. He wins the race. Try, try, have the winner first. 
Come on, so. <laughs> Measure of my dreams for Gordon. Now, he's um, fascinating. So, uh, Gigginstown got rid of him. He went from Noel Mead. He's now with Gordon, and this will be his second run for Gordon. Is that right? Yeah, and he's, he's, he's owned by a bunch of lads that will be very close to, to Gordon's operation as well. Tom Howley and uh, Mouse O'Ryan and um, one or two others. And look, he's got class, but back class. He was third in the four-miler to um, to Manila Rocco and Native River. Yeah, for Willie Mullins uh, under Katie Walsh. Yeah, and he, and he made a rotten mistake in the early stages that day as well. Mm. You know, so the, the class is there. He, he was he was probably going to finish second to Black Hercules in a, in a grade two novice um, that same season, but Black Hercules fell um at the last but he he went a bit off the radar after that to be fair um he was switched to Noel Mead he didn't do anything for Noel Mead uh, but he's been switched to Gordon he's had the bones of two years off and he shaved really nicely at Fairy House last time shaved really nicely he was given a, a you know the thing with him always is his jumping if his jumping holds up he's in business and it, and it largely held up Last time he he made a bit of a small bit of a mistake at the third last he he was left with a bit to do and Jack was very very uh, sympathetic with him afterwards and he's finished third and um, the British handicapper has left him in uh, left him off his Irish mark of one three seven um, I actually put this horse up last week on the ATR Cheltenham Mega site he was twenty five to one generally non runner no bet there was thirty trees available and there might have been a bit of forties. And there's been a rake of money for him ever since. Thanks, Kev. Um, now he's tens. He's like a ten to one shot now. In fact, and my suspicion. In fact, he's bloody eight to one. Well done, Kevin. My my suspicion when I put him up, even when he was a big price, I just wouldn't be shocked if the Codfarder rides him. The guys that own him, like, are, are real good mates with Gordon. So I'd say he'll he'll be doing his best to convince, if not the Codfarder, another top amateur to ride him. So he, and that's such a big factor in these races. You know, the top three or four lads are generally a mile clear of most of the rest and it's a big big help to get one of them on board and I just wouldn't be at all surprised if the Codfather's on him you look at the market leaders um, and you say what, what else would he ride uh, I think he'll land on a measure of my dreams that'll be a huge help and the key would be his jumping he, he'd stay all day he just needs to get in the jumping rhythm but if he does he's well handicapped on his old form he, he's you know, 10 pounds or so well in and um, he ran a sweet race last time. And I know he's an old boy, but th- there's not a huge amount of miles on the clock. And uh, it just wouldn't be a shock to me now if he went and won. I like it, Kev. I like it a lot. And um, Hope- look- Hopefully someone actually listened on that, that old ATR mega site. <laughs> they put him up strong enough there when he was a big price. Well, they must have because he's been backed off the boards. So... I won't take all the credit for that. You know, there's, <laughs> I, I might, not, I, I might I, not even take some of the credit for that. I think you should take all of the credit, Kevin, and it's your <laughs> fault that he's now eight to one. Uh, and look, Jamie Codd's going to be with us on uh, on the Cheltenham preview night. You oh, can't. We, oh, we'll, we'll squeeze him good and proper. We will squeeze him. And, and let's not forget that Jamie Codd did tip a 50 to one winner that we all <laughs> laughed at him about but he put up a 50 to one winner at Cheltenham uh, two years ago when well, he joined m- us mostly you laughed at him to be fair I pissed, <laughs> I pissed myself laughing and then kicked myself senseless when he went and won uh, so looking forward to having the Codfather back look he's, he's a great analyst but also it'll be fantastic to hear what his thoughts are and you make a good point a lot of back class for Measure of My Dreams and Gordon's some man to revive a horse as well. So let's see what the story is in terms of him. Uh, the final race that we will be talking about, so as handicapped chases, is the second last race. It used to be the finale to the Cheltenham Festival, but they've changed things around. The Martin Pipe now ends things. The Grand, the Johnny Henderson Grand Annual is the second last race on the card now. So the pro jockeys finish a race early. They can get out and beat the traffic. And uh, the current favourite is Paul Nichols' Magic Saint, followed by Gordon Elliott with Hardline. Mengele Khan is in there. What's wrong with you? For Nicky Henderson, 10 to 1. Camellia Decotte, 12s. Clondalk Castle, 12s. Us and them for Joseph, 12s. Blazer uh, for Willie Mullins, 14s. And then you're looking at La Prisienne at 14s. So... 
Rory Delargy, we'll start with you again. Um, your current thinking about the Johnny Henderson Grand Annual. Now, this is a lot easier. <laughs> a lot of these handicaps I've got no time for at all. But there's there are, when you look at the at the the list of two mile handicappers, there are very few of them are really interesting. Um, this is one of the more gettable races of the of the festival for me. Two who are interesting. One I will be reliant on Mr. Blake to to steer us on. Um, I've already backed him for a different race, uh, and the other one is a is a bigger price horse I like a lot. Uh, firstly, um, the most obvious one, us and them, who's in the Oracle as well, and obviously with the Richborg out, must be a temptation to to go for that race. But he's in here, uh, in in the Grand Annual off a, it's not a light weight, but I think it's a fair weight on what he's what he's done over fences, with the prospect of more to come. Like him a lot. Um, He's been the fact that he's been second to the Richborg a couple of times um, seems to put people off him, which is a bit bonkers to me because I think that's the strongest form we've seen um, among the two mile novices this season. And the fact that he's um, he's run with credit um, on those two starts in Grade Ones at, at Leperstown, jumped really soundly, uh, run to the line both times. I think I think that form is really sound. I'd like to see him in the Oracle because I've put him up for that already. Oh, yeah. um, but if they if they swerve the Arkle and come for the handicap option, then I definitely want to have them on my side here. Uh, could you know, no decision made yet, but I'd make him a long odds on shot to be in the Arkle. Yeah, I thought so, and that's that that would be my preference, which is grand then because I've got the winner of this at a bigger price. Anyway, so. Hey, come <laughs> on, Rory! Who needs them? And uh, and that is not another muddle for Gary Moore, smashing horse this. I've liked him um, from day one. Um, he had a curtailed first season of offences, which I think is not a bad thing. The form of his win at Leicester and a second start uh, worked out really well subsequently. Um, absolutely full of... I mean, it didn't. It looked a very run-of-the-mill um, handicap chase at the time. It was only not on the model's second run over fences. He beat vocalizer and glance back who both won their next starts uh, must have a flutter in third one it's next start showing improved form skipping on and finished fourth one it's next start showing improved form um and the handicapper didn't really move him from from that mark he just needed the run on his reappearance at sandown at the start of this month uh and improved enough for it and and i think back on better ground as well uh when winning again at sandown um last time out um where he beat uh darabin um, he will improve further because he's, you know, he's lightly raced over fences and overall. I remember him; he was fifth in the Imperial Cup on his handicap debut, and that was you know, he's only had four runs since then. So it was his handicap debut came in the Imperial Cup at Sandown the week before Cheltenham in 2017. Uh, has been lightly raced since, and um, although people will say, "Oh, Sandown's very different to to Cheltenham," Sandown's an irrelevance. It's just where he's been ready, and uh, the opportunities have been. Um, and although the handicap has caught him up a little bit, you know, he's still, um, he's not to one, three, eight started the season at one thirty, which is, I thought very lenient indeed. He's number 43 on the list. So he does need horses to come out to get into this race. Um, but I think he's really well handicapped and I think he's an improving, uh, uh, chaser who will be suited by going left hand. It'll be suited by decent grind as well. Um, he'd be one of my better bets of the week. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, in terms of the five-star ranking for Rory Delargy, out of five, where is he currently sitting? Um, well, listen, with all the handicaps at Cheltenham, we made the point very early on that, that, that as a rule, you're better off getting involved fairly late in the day. So, a lot of this is just trying to shuffle them around and, and get the right kind of order. He's one of the few in these races that I, that I, I know I'm going to back him on the day. Uh, I know he's a very fair price now. I would definitely be backing him now. Um, and if I was getting a similar sort of price in the day and I knew what the conditions were, I'd be pressing up. Uh, what's, um, his so name? Yes. what's his name again, Not, not, not another, another model. model. Not, not another, another model. model. He is a go. best price 20s, general 16 to 1, which is going to disappear fast after Rory Delargy's confident words about current number 44 on the list for Gary Moore. He's in the he's in the plate as well the the um uh the old Malmere fleet the Brandon Fraser and Maribel stable plate but uh, I I don't think he needs two and a half miles. Don't do it, so Gary. Run him in the Grand Annual. 
Yeah, I'd be a lot happier with him in the in the Grand Annual. Obviously, Gary's won the um, the the Mile Mayor Fleet as it was before. Mm. Um, but the the for me, the the Grand Annual is clearly the right race for not another model. So, hopefully, he goes there. So, just to confirm, this is one of your best bets of the week. Uh, in certainly in handicap terms, yes, yes. Two to one favorite on the day. And Cap- when you when we do when we do things like this, you go and what's the what's your best bet out of that lot? I always go oh. <laughs> but this time I, I know what I'm going to say oh, so that, yeah. that gives you an idea of where I stand with it this is what I'm talking Excellent. about that sounds up better that Kevin Blake better that I tell you no I can't I can't because Gary Moore didn't listen he didn't listen to the you podcast wanted... he didn't listen to me I wanted Benatar in this yes race. you did and he's gone and taken the absolute mick out of me by putting, putting him in the Ultima <laughs> as well as the Brown Advisor <laughs> So, uh, my, my, myself and Gary are not in sync <laughs> on this particular horse and um, a little bit like the ultimate to be honest and I'm struggling to have a real view on this yet um, I'm looking at the market and I'm struggling to find runners never mind second the well, then no one so. cares what you have to say Kev because we're just piling in and getting as exactly. much as we yeah. possibly can on not another model stick with the lurgy delivering us the 20 to 1 shot in the second last race of still weird that it's not going to be the last race of Cheltenham the second last race of Cheltenham well it's not it it hadn't been the last race of Cheltenham for like decades probably had the The county county hurdle hurdle used to be the last race yeah I actually preferred I preferred it when it was the county and then the Cathcart the Cathcart used to be the last race of the festival yeah, and it was a real for a long a time. It was it was the it was the county hurdle, and I quite liked yeah. that being the last race. Yeah. So, Asher, so who cares? Move switch on, it move back, Cheltenham. Make <laughs> the county the, the last race. Back. That's the ideal race to finish on. Oh, Jesus! Decided yeah. they don't want to have twenty-four horses running around over fences in the final race of the day. Well, the calf guard only used to get six every year. So, oh, <laughs> one of my favourite horses won that. Lalandier, what yeah. a horse she was! Uh, she absolutely bolted up. I think it was the year best mate won his third Gold Cup. What a horse. Yeah. What a horse she was. Uh, won, the, won the old RP trophy as well. Absolute superstar. Right. Um, we know. Flat race. We, well, then the racing post chase. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Although, do you know what? She would have been good enough to go and win that, the, the RP trophy. That's how <laughs> good she speed. was. Um, speed to win a, a July Cup and the stamina to win a Gold Cup. Um, we know what your best bet is. It's not another model. So it is, it is not another model. Pile in on that one. Kevin Blake, your best bet of the handicap chasers is You're the measure of my dreams. The measure of my dreams. We'll be falling around Shelton when he wins. <laughs> falling around the place. Guinness going everywhere. This is, oh, this is, this is cracking. Rain, oh. Rainy Night in Soho by the Pogues, one of my favourites. One of the all-time great songs from the Pogues, but more importantly, we've got the handicap good thing double. We really <laughs> need to make this a patent. Oh, Jesus. I'm thinking See? we should stick in Paisley Park just to oh. kind of boost it up, and we'll do, we'll do, it, we'll do a £10 patent just to boost it up assuming that the, the two handicap good teams just, will win yeah. just to boost they're it up win. but don't forget the singles don't they're forget the win. singles yeah exactly so we're going to have the singles the doubles and the trebles so Paisley Park wins uh, Measure of My Dreams wins and not another model wins there was a great line in some TV program years ago and it really applies to Kennedy it was Emma Kennedy yeah He'd see the silver lining on a mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> These horses win, right? This is gold that you're being given you, here. And and might you heard I... the joke about about the bloke who goes to Rome for an audience with the Pope, but the Pope dies while he's in the room, and no one else knows about it, and it doesn't get announced in the news or anything. And he goes back home and walks into his nearest betting shop and says, "Can I have uh, can I have odds on the Pope dying?" within the next month and they give him 50 to 1 and he has his life savings on it because he knows he's on a winner and uh, he meets a friend of his on the way out and says listen Pat I've got the best inside information you've ever heard in your life I've just been to Rome short story long story short the Pope's keeled over in front of me he'll be announced dead any time now they're offering 50 to 1 on Labrooks so 
A week later, the news has come out. Your man's collected his money, rich beyond his wildest dreams. Meet his mate again in the gutter. Emmett, says he, not pass at all. Did you not do what I told you? He goes, ah, by the time I went in, they cut him to 25s. So I had him in the double with the Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> that, that is the essence of Emmett Kennedy. No, because I wouldn't be stupid enough to do a double. He'd be in a patent. He'd be in a patent. I'd at least get the one or get treble the odds in a lucky 15. Which, by the way, I've seen you, famous Irish bookmaker, taking away treble the odds in a lucky 15 for shame. For shame. <laughs> For shame. Oh, no. It's always treble the odds in a lucky 15. One winner. Right, that's it. Uh, we're done. Great anecdote from Rory, but more importantly, gravy. <laughs> lots <laughs> and lots happened, of yeah. gravy. Uh, we're going to be swimming in gravy by the time we're done. Rory, pleasure as always. Looking forward to assessing days one and four with you on the Final Forum podcast. Likewise. Uh, so we'll chat to you then, my friend, next week. And Kevin Blake, Sunday night, we're chatting to Harry Derham. So I'll chat to you then. Good luck. And thanks so much for listening to our handicap specials. Hopefully you enjoyed them. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, do so on your uh, podcast app. Listen at the races to the back catalogue whenever you want. And we will see you soon for more Cheltenham content. From all of us, we'll chat to you soon. Thanks for listening. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong Smart Boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18+. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.